0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: There is never going to be a lull in your life, ever, even when you're in your 60s, because guess what? You're going to have grandchildren that your kids are expecting you to watch, or you're going to have like a vacation you planned, or there is never a lull in your life. So if you don't just start doing it, if you keep waiting for your life to get easier, you're never going to do it. There's always going to be something that you can put as an obstacle in your own way.
0: This is Bucketless Careers. I'm Krista Lori. Thanks so much for joining me. With classical training in opera, Emily Mezcat, who you just heard from, always thought she'd make her living as a singer. When she was married and moved to the New York suburbs to raise her family, Emily decided to put her career on hold while they were very young. And while she was fulfilled for a time, she also felt her creative juices needed more opportunity to flow. Emily had always been passionate about design, coming from an art and music background. But it wasn't until she teamed up with a friend, an interior designer in San Francisco, working together on e-design projects that Emily had her aha moment she can get paid doing what comes naturally to her. And soon after, Emily started her own design business out of Rye, New York. That is thriving. Emily's mantra, among many, ready is a decision, not a feeling. There is likely someone else doing it wrong out there and with confidence and getting paid. So why shouldn't you be the one to do it all right and get paid? Let's listen. Emily, welcome to Bucketless List Careers. I am so glad we finally pulled this together to
1: have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. So just to give listeners a little backstory on us, I met you through my friend, Kristen Miraboli. You guys work together. She's also in interior design. And since then, I, I mean, at least six months or so, I've been watching you and your professional page on social media, and I've been watching you blow up your clients and your following. And congratulations on that. So I'm excited to dig into what lights you up about interior design, your big pivot, but also why you decided to transition. And you were also very honest with me. You said to me, look, I was a struggling singer. I did a couple different jobs until I found this, this which you consider to be your purpose. So let's begin by dialing it back to earlier in your professional evolution.
1: Well, I was one of those kids that there was no question since the age of three, I was going to be a singer. That was it. I'm a singer. I'm a singer. Anyone asks you, I'm a singer. I was the girl that sang the national anthem for every single thing in my town. I sang at graduation. I sang at weddings. I sang at funerals. I was the lead in all the school musicals. There was just no question. So in college, I studied voice as well. I have an operatic degree, actually. I was going to pursue opera. did some musical theater. I wrote my own songs. After college, I wanted to go straight to New York, but I had a girlfriend who was heading to Chicago and she already had an apartment. And I thought, you know, I'll try that first. So I went there, you know, worked retail, worked as a waitress, singing, made a demo. And then I thought, this isn't enough. I want to go to New York. Okay. okay. So I packed all my stuff up. I had a brief stopover in Colorado. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can't I can't be back here. I love Colorado, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I just knew New York was for me. And this is like you're in your mid-20s at this point? I'm like 25 or 26. So you definitely
0: had like an adventurous spirit. Chicago wasn't totally working for you. Did you think that New York would be better for your career in terms I of did. launching? Yes. I thought okay. the
1: bigger place I find being a small fish in a big pond. That's where things happen, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I moved myself out. One of my college best friends is a professional trombone player who actually supports himself playing trombone. And I lived with him and like, I got into the music scene. And then I met my husband. Fast forward, three kids. I became a secretary because it's, we needed a second income. I was a secretary for a big bank, Deutsche Bank. I was, I guess, good at it. I was the executive assistant to the global CEO of insurance asset management. So it was a lot of work. I made really good money. I had my three kids there because they have amazing, the German banks, they had an amazing maternity leave. Uh, the benefits. Yeah. Like 18 weeks fully paid. I was like, I will have wow. 12 children here. <laughs> I only had
0: two. Oh, please. I mean, I will tell you that I, my oldest, who's now 19, when she was born, I was a morning anchor at News 12 Westchester and I had to go back after 12 oh weeks. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. And I had to be on the desk with makeup on ready to actually begin no. at 4 a.m. So I, that, yeah. No, that's I, a whole
1: other story. Oh yeah. Just
0: insane. <laughs> that is a whole other podcast.
1: I, I feel so <laughs> I feel so lucky that I had the maternity yeah. leave I did. So
0: it was comfortable there. You had a good... Good it was comfortable.
1: Going. I, I sang in a choir. I kept my hand in, but to be honest with you, singing is grueling. It's a lot of late nights. It's a lot of like, it's a male dominated situation because you need musicians and they're mostly male. They don't take you seriously. If you're a vocalist, it was, it's really tough. And I was married with little kids and it just wasn't the right thing. I'll get into this later, but there wasn't a very big support quotient with my singing at the time. And I thought, well, I have little kids anyway. And, but it was like a death. It was like yeah, something died a part of you. Cause I, a part of me died. We moved to the suburbs and I, I said, I can't be on a train. My husband worked really long hours and I thought I can't also work really long hours. So I was a stay at home mom for a while. It was like something my creative part died though. Like I was making all these friends. Nobody knew I was a singer. I've been here eight years. I still have some friends that have never heard me sing because <laughs> I just, I lost my, that yeah. identity. that part of yeah. me was gone.
0: Well, you were throwing yourself into your family and I understand, I, I really relate to this actually, because yeah. I'm not even sure how many I'm people sure. knew I was in the news until I started talking about it. And then it doesn't always naturally come up. And it was your whole life. Yes. I, I, I get that. So something wasn't working, like the way you're talking, you know, I could hear it in your words that you were coming to a point where you were going to hit the self-awareness that I
1: need to change. And I did a lot of like, I'm going to try tennis. I'm going to try golf. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I did two triathlons back-to-back. Maybe I love working out. I don't love any of that. (laughs) Turns out. Don't love it. Right, right.
0: So you were exploring what you could do while being a full-time stay-at-home mom.
1: Right. And then my youngest was going to go to kindergarten in like a year or two. And I thought I'm going to probably need to go back to work. We want big things out of life. I wanted to go back to work anyway, but I was like, well, I want to do something. I love to do during all of this. I don't know how it is where you live. Probably similar when women get together, they talk about their houses. They talk about what they're doing to their house, what they're going to buy for their house. I need to paint. We're knocking out the kitchen. We're doing this. We're doing that. It was all anyone's talking about all the time. And I had moved into my little house, picked everything out myself, done all my paint colors myself, belabored it and loved every minute of it. And I'm running into women that are crying in the hallway at preschool. Oh my God, I have to give all my paint colors to my contractor. I don't even know. All the whites look the same. And I was like, I'll help you. (laughs) The
0: whites do all look the same. (laughs) Right. But they were overwhelmed. They They were overwhelmed and you felt like you
1: could help. Overwhelmed. And they were friends of mine. I had a best friend who was going out on her own as an interior designer in San Francisco. And I said, I called her and I said, Sheila, I got all these women that would probably pay you to give them advice like over FaceTime or something. Right. I swear to you, I invented e-design. I swear I did. I do remember I you saying that before we started recording. And I want to get into that. I want to talk
0: about <gasps> e-design even a little more deeply, but okay. So you were, well, you were on the forefront of that.
1: And she was in San Francisco, a struggling interior designer. And my friends paid her a flat fee and she decorated rooms of theirs. But guess who was on the ground? Me, because she can't be there for certain things. And I, and I would be like, I'll do it. I'll go measure. I'll do it. And I was loving it. So you
0: were a team. She was doing all of this remotely and then whatever needed to be in person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's actually smart. And then she said, you know, I'm too busy to do this. My business here is taking off. She goes, you take over. And I was like, I can't, I'm not trained. I have nothing. And she goes, listen, why don't you just get an LLC? If you have an I, you will have a business. And if you don't, you won't. And I thought, why not? Talk about so diving in. My fortieth birthday, my husband said, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I said, "An LLC." And he was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't think really he thought anything was going to come of it." And I opened my LLC in 2017. And I'm telling you, I just started telling people, "I am an interior designer. I am an interior designer." Hi, I'm Emily. I'm an interior designer. I just said I was, and then I became one. You manifested it. I love this mindset of,
0: I can monetize what I'm good at. I'm naturally good at this. I enjoy doing this. I can make money doing it. What is stopping me?
1: Well, I looked around and I thought people are paying for this service and why shouldn't they pay me? And I would go over some homes and be blown away and be like, oh my gosh, like, I want to be this good. And I'd go over other homes and be like, they paid for somebody to do this, (laughs) you know? So I thought, why not? There's so many of us. If I went in and I failed, nobody would probably really know. It was like a drop in the bucket. You know, it's Westchester County. You can go to a soccer game, throw a rock and hit 10 interior designers. There are so many of us. There you
0: go. And perfect lead into what I was just about to ask you, which is how do you separate what you do? Because some of it is style. Like, as you said, you walked into some spaces and you were totally unimpressed and others the exact opposite. But aside from style, what do you think is separating you? What makes
1: you singular? And how are you standing out from the masses of interior designers? I don't know if I'm necessarily standing out, to be honest with you, because there are so many of us. And I had chosen to live and work in Rye because I didn't have any childcare other than the wonderful Rye YMCA where you can drop your children off. (laughs) Love the Rye Y. I was like, I have to work where I live. And that's dangerous. You know, like you can burn bridges. You're going to see these people at Whole Foods. If you work with friends, it can be dangerous. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, you know what? It all shakes out. I love color. I love pattern. And I have friends that are like, no, no, they're not going to hire me based on that. Some friends aren't going to hire me based on, they don't want to work with friends. So I don't know if it's that I stand apart. It's that the people that want to work with you Mm -hmm. want to work with you. And if you have to talk somebody into working with you, it's not going to go well.
0: Right. And be yourself. I mean, you know you're stylistic. Yeah. You're aesthetic. You're not going to change that to cater necessarily to someone who has a totally different vision, right? It's, it's kind of like, this is what I think this should look like to some extent.
1: At the same time, though, I do love all styles and I love inhabiting okay. my client's style. So if somebody is like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I want a totally mod 1960s feel in my house. I'm all over it. Somebody else is like, I want a big, beautiful, modern farmhouse kitchen. Ooh, I would love to do one of those. You're adaptable. I do inhabit their style, but I do think what was surprising to me about this business is it seems like so glamorous, so designy, like you just get to be creative and people are like, oh yes, love it. And they give you money. No, it is so customer service based. It is Mm -hmm. mind blowing. It is working with someone's budget, working with their husband's opinion, their opinion, your opinion. You have to have a super thick skin. You bring your A game to a meeting and they're like, we hate it. <laughs> and you're like, what? Right. You know, like, and it happens all the time. And some people will be like, do we have to pay for this design if we don't like it? And you're like, well... We'll tweak it. We make it what you want. (laughs) But it's funny, like it's it's a weird concept. It's a luxury service, right? So if you're giving a luxury service, you need to know that people are expecting high level of customer service. Okay, these are the realities. And the customer's always right, even on this high level. At the end of the day, some of my jobs are so creative and so fulfilling. Some of them I'm just really trying to help someone love their house. Yeah. And it's maybe not something I'm going to end up in a magazine for. It it takes mostly a thick skin, to be honest. More than just the eye. Willingness to fall on the sword, willingness to make things right, because a lot can go wrong. How did you figure out your specializations? Because I think you do a lot with
0: wallpaper. The more and more that I read about people that are contemplating a new path, a new career, or a new industry, having expertise or specialization really helps. Make that jump. So did that come to you in the beginning or did that
1: evolve? It evolved because I realized about myself there's many ways to run a business, right? And you can listen to the podcast and you take all the information in and you're like, am I doing it the right way? Am I doing it the right way? And I wanted to make money. Everybody knows the biggest way to make money is to be one of those interior designers where you're building a house ground up. And those can take several years. And you're working with the same people, and it's love, sweat, and tears. And I realized about myself, the reason I've specialized so much in wallpaper and textiles and paint is because that is so impactful. Mm. It is so on any budget range. I can do it on a small budget. I can do it on a huge budget. I can do it in a middle budget. It's so instantly gratifying. You're not waiting for like months on construction. Mm-hmm. You can transform something. A lot of times people have me in as like a band-aid before they do a renovation. Huh. I'll switch a couple rooms around, paint and wallpaper, and they say, Oh, we're not doing our renovation anymore. <laughs> now we're gonna buy a vacation house. Like because right. I think people have over time, they've underestimated and undervalued the power of decorating. And I thought decorating was a dirty word when I got into this business.
0: <laughs> Interior decorator versus designer, you mean?
1: Versus designer mm-hmm. versus like yeah. some, you know, I love decorating. And if you want to call me a decorator, call me a decorator because it is the most fun. It is the most impactful. I can take your grandma's chest and paint it blue and put it with some amazing wallpaper. Just it allows people to keep their houses, keep things they love. Yeah. I morphed into thinking I wanted to do only these huge jobs and really I love going from project to project meeting people, more people, more people. So I have like a really large clientele. I have probably like 30 active projects right now. Wow. And if if I was only doing those huge projects, I'd have like one. Is that a standard
0: number? I mean, for a designer who works one mostly or two. on her own? No. Most
1: people that have this many clients have like a full on staff. Okay. So are you crazed right now or what's your Uh, secret? You know, it's funny. It ebbs and flows. I'm working for people that are extremely busy. They're either working themselves. So they need me to like show them two choices. They make a decision or I'm working for, busy moms that volunteer a lot and have multiple children. So everything just kind of finds its place when they're ready to go. I'm ready to go. And then they go dark for a couple of weeks because their kid got sick and they got to go to vacation. And then I take up with this one who's ready to go. (sighs) So I've just found that the ball juggling works for me. Yeah, You found a rhythm and there's natural lulls like Christmas. There's always a lull. I get caught up summertime right now, I'm like, do I have a business? Where is everybody? (laughs) And then there's times where I'm like, oh my gosh, stab me in the eye. How am I going to get this done? And I lay in bed at night and my heart goes like this. We all have those moments. You know, that saying, I'm sure Krista that says, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Love that. That's the only way you can do everything. Baby
0: steps. I usually end up saying baby steps. Well, Emily, I know you feel One of your biggest obstacles to achieving this place, this bucket list career, was a lack of support from your partner we would love for you to share what you're comfortable with
1: Mm -hmm.
0: with us about that because it's part of your journey and we're not trying to pry into your past personal life but you know there's a lot of people out there who can learn from what you've been through and you are at this point a single mom so tell me a little bit
1: about how this has crafted your story and your narrative and where you are I do not think of myself as a single mom, because luckily I did marry someone who is an incredible father to our children. He's extremely hands-on, extremely available. He's a great dad. I will never take that away from him. And we got married extremely fast. Like When I say fast, he moved in on our third date. We got married six months to the day of meeting. We didn't know each other and I don't, I'm not trying to demonize him, but we didn't share the same life goals. We didn't share the same fundamentals of how we look at life. And he was also a good provider and he was not supportive of this career. I think he sort of thought it would be like a hobby and something I did just like on the side, as I'm going to take my kids to do this or that. And I just went gangbusters and I blew up and I, just was more successful, I think than either of us thought I would be. And it just created a lot of tension. And so basically Mm -hmm. it just got so bad that just to fast forward, I'm divorced. It's a fresh, fresh divorce. Okay. Basically we're at odds with how much time I should be spending on this business versus how much time I should be giving to the family. And from my view, I felt like I was doing a bang up job of it. I felt like I'm doing it all. I'm doing it all. I have no help and I'm able to do it all. And I'm not taking away from anything. And he didn't view it the same way. So and you didn't align in terms of We didn't of align. That. And it, it turned out to be just like one of those things where I couldn't celebrate my wins. I couldn't be sad about my losses. And there's, yeah. you know, you have a bad day at work. You want to talk to somebody about it. And I was like doing it in secret. Sure. And I'm making good money. I have a huge job and I'm doing it in secret never around him, never on a weekend. And that was huge obstacle to growing your business.
0: Huge. Sure. Well, that's destructive also to your psyche as you're looking to grow. And again, like we're, we're not criticizing him per se right? We're just no, saying that not, you were not aligned in that, in that we were philosophy, aligned. right?
1: Now, give me some wine and a girlfriend and I'll criticize the heck out of it. But <laughs> <laughs> Totally.
0: Well, you know, we want to be as fair as we can. Yes, of course. I'm going to be fair.
1: Yeah. It is what it is. I have my three beautiful children.
0: You came to a place where you realized that you would be better co-parenting, but not together.
1: Yes. And I fought for this business at the same time as I was like, he wasn't supportive at all. I don't know if I'd be as successful if he wasn't such an obstacle, to be honest, because uh-huh. I was like, go. nope, I am not giving up. And I'm going to show him how successful I can be. It was like a double edged thing. Totally. Could I be this successful? Had he not given me that obstacle? I don't know. Probably not because I was so fueled. That's a silver lining of it too. talk
0: to me about takeaways for listeners based on what you What you've achieved at this point, and it's not just necessarily for interior design wannabes, people who want to relaunch, reinvent, whether they've taken time off to be full-time stay-at-home or whether they're just not quite happy with where they are in their industry, any age. And I have a lot of people who are midlife pivots. I know you said something to me that I liked where you said something about ready is a decision, not a feeling. So yes. We talk often about fear of failure. I mentioned that earlier, impeding growth among entrepreneurs, imposter syndrome getting in the way. Oh
1: yeah, that happened.
0: Is this part of what you're saying when you say to me being ready is a decision, not a feeling?
1: What I've noticed is a lot of women took me out to lunch to ask me how I started my business. The first thing they all said is, I'm not ready yet, but I've been thinking about it for years. I think I need to have all these things in place before I do it. And that's what kills me because here's the deal. There is never going to be a lull in your life ever. Even when you're in your sixties, because guess what? You're going to have grandchildren that your kids are expecting you to watch, or you're going to have like a vacation you planned, or there is never a lull in your life. So if you don't just start doing it, if you keep waiting for your life to get easier, you're never going to do it. There's always going to be something that you can put as an obstacle in your own way. And then people say, well, I'm not as confident as you. It's not really about confidence. It's about, I feel ready to do this. And then you make a list and you say, oh, I can't because of A, B, and C. Well, ready is a decision. If it is important to you to get a degree in something, okay, then do it. But if you can't get the degree until your kid turns eight, because you feel like eight is easier and you're waiting for your husband to get a bonus because then, no, don't wait for that stuff. You'll be waiting forever. Yeah.
0: And you made a good point. You said you get in your own way, right? It's 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 not even necessarily external forces, but you saying I'm not ready because of A, B, and C to yourself, which makes it seem to me like the easiest obstacle to overcome because you're in control of that.
1: Or giving yourself a crutch. Don't create these like, rules. I agree. I can do it when these things happen. And then the other thing that's really struck me, I just read this is what you want to do. somebody's doing it and they're doing it wrong and they're doing it with confidence and somebody's paying them. <laughs>
0: that's great. That's, that is
1: so valid. It's true though. And so it's like, do you want it to be you who, you know, you could do it right. It's just, that's what kills me. I have so many friends that want to start businesses and they just have this laundry list of reasons why they can't. You can do it with some preparation. There's a book called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Do you know that book? It's yellow. I do. I read her book. One of the things she said is, and you've heard it before, you got to spend money to make money and you need to delegate the little stuff. And that was hard for me at first. I was like, I do not need to hire someone to do my billing. I just need a Saturday afternoon and I can do it. And I don't need to pay for that. And I have to tell you, I finally bit the bullet and hired a girl to do all the stuff I hate. It feels like Christmas every day. Like, <laughs> Right. Just that
0: outsourcing of maybe what you're not as good at or takes too much of your time
1: outsourcing that stuff made me more successful. And so that is actually true.
0: These are great takeaways, Emily. I do want to send people to check you out. Instagram is the best place for you, right?
1: I love Instagram because it's such a daily diary of what's going on. And I have so many projects and some of them never make it to my website. I mean,
0: let's be honest, you're good at it. And that is a big part of marketing these days. So you have a gift for that as well. So what is your handle again? at Emily Mezcat Interiors. Okay. I get a lot of business through Instagram. Yeah. So, As you said, you have a propensity towards e-design. You'll do that. I mean, it sounds like you're yep. doing both. So you could be designing for people all over, not just here in Westchester County, New York. I'm building a house
1: in Rhode Island right now oh, with are. a client. Fantastic. So yeah. Fantastic.
0: Listen, Emily, I really enjoyed this. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Be well. Thank you. Glad to have you joining me for another episode of Bucket List Careers. I'm Crystal Lori. If you haven't yet shared your email with us, please do so on the website, bucketlesscareerspodcast.com. We are doing a little bit more with the newsletter these days, which will include extra content coming your way, so you don't want to miss it. Back next week with another guest for you on Thursday. Be well. Our house is a mess. Come-